Everybody here is familiar with the Bible. You know that the guy uses paraphrases to teach his lessons. Well, the SLF, the salt and light fragrance we ministry, we like to put a little twist on a couple of those paraphrases. Now, the parable of the prodigal son, we're all familiar with. And, uh, you know, rich man, his son takes his inheritance and he just wastes it and decides he's going to go back and ask his dad if he can become a, a servant of his. You know how the story ends, but it's that little part right in the middle where the son decides to, to go back and talk to his father. How, how did that happen? What went through his mind? What, what were the circumstances? Well, this is kind of the salt, light, and fragrance drama ministry's twist on it. Get in there. Grab a seat over there. And it killed us. Looks like we got ourselves another one. So, uh, what's your story? Look, this morning, to my weekend, I found one of my newest employees sleeping in safety pen. Figured he must have some kind of story. Probably a strange one, too. I, I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean, though. How could you not know what I mean? Hang a whiff, boy. Sleeping with pigs is strange. <coughs> Are you going to tell me that it's some kind of hobby of yours? No, I, I just don't know what you mean about my story. Look, I get your contract here once or twice a month. And they all got strange stories. Why, just last month, I had this boy named Jack with magic beans. <laughs> and, then, and the week before that, there was this smoking wooden boy with this long wooden nose. Tiny stuff. It was amazing. Amazing that a wooden boy No, and he had such an obnoxious name. Pinocchio. <laughs> Sounds like an exotic coffee. <laughs> And then let me see. There was that one girl. Cried as a kid. Just kept crying wolf. And then two little Dutch kids. There was looking for a gingerbread. Made a mess of the place with the breadcrumbs. Mama Dilda was sure it happened to And there was that little girl. I never did get her name, but she had the prettiest little red cotton hood. Look. They all had stories, usually with morals. So what's up with you? Those are just stories. I'm reading. All right, you got some ideas, son. I must have lost the ball. Yeah, uh -huh, sure. Honest, I, I, oh, such a headache. What was I doing last night? Sleeping with my pigs, that's what. <laughs> Before that, I mean, the last few months just seemed like a blur. The last thing I remember, I was playing cards. I'm in a terrible game. Where was I? I was, who's that? Jacob's Naughty Nightclub Video Ball. Wait, are you Mr. Jacobs? You're better off than my pigs. I remember thinking the same thing. I, I just don't know how it wound up with your pigs. I wonder where. Okay, look, Mr. Uh, whatever your name is. Isaac. Okay, Mr. Isaac. You're obviously a young man in some kind of trouble. But no more sleeping with my pig then. Capiche? Look, my pig just picked you that I knew they wild or any blood. Besides, they say you snore. It's gone. 
all of it. It's all gone. Gone? What's gone? My inheritance. Inheritance? Yes, it's, it's a fortune. A fortune? You're going to have to excuse me now, son, but I'm standing here looking at you and thinking, uh, this fellow with lots of greenbacks, it, it, it ain't leaping to mind. It's true. I, I got my inheritance from my father. From your father? What father? Who, who's your father? Judah Bendy. Judah Bendy? Judah Ben-Heen? Yeah. Wait, you're telling me that you are Isaac, the son of Judah Ben-Heen, the richest man in his country? Maybe the richest man in the whole world? Yes, I am. Look, why would the son of Judah Ben-Heen be sleeping in my pig pen? I got it. He couldn't find any better accommodation right here in this village. Is that what you expect me to believe? Four stars from Triple A. He I was sleeping with your pigs because obviously I don't have money for another place to stay. Oh, so now you've got to meet the son of the rich and wealthy Judah Van Heen. He's got a cash flow problem. That's ridiculous. It's true. I, I came here to, to see life. To have new experiences, to find true fulfillment. Yeah, to meet women, gamble, and drink till you was a paralytic. <laughs> I know it wasn't the smartest thing. You're right, it wasn't the smartest thing in the world. To a man, he, you would not have a son that was so common stupid as to squander his inheritance on wine, women, and song. He would not have a son that was so broke and stupid. He, he could, and I'm him. Except for that part about being stupid. I'm being honest, like, I'm him. Come on now. There is no way. You are lying through your discolored teeth. You know she grow like that one boy. Hey, listen, Mr. Mr. Pig Farmer. What, you think you're insulting me? Well, not until you try it, boy. Now, not with the fix. Tell me who you really are. Maybe I'll see about making something of Isaac, the son of Judah Ben. You're crazy! I, I really am his son. Alright, wait, now just wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you are the son of the rich, wealthy, and wise Judah Ben, then where are the marks of your son? Where's your gorgeous, beautiful robe? Where are the rings on your fingers? Oh, where's the smell of oil and lotions? Woo! Look, I've met the sons of wealthy men before, and they have a certain dignity about them. It's in the way that they walk. It's in the way that they talk. They hold their heads high. It's something that sets them above the rest. And well, I hope they you. I just don't see it. But, but I, I have all, I, I had all those things. Gave them up, did you? I just, I wanted to get out. I, I felt like I was missing out on something. I wanted to, to see the world. <laughs> Jacob's going night club with my big man. Saw the world, boy. No, it seemed like good at the time. I mean, my inheritance was just sitting there, wasting away. It was mine to take. So what you're telling me? Is you're not so proud in the brains department, is that it? You had the life that most people would die for. And you gave all that up. So you could be here in the cabin of a pig farmer. I don't know. I know but you 
But my father, your father, does your father have any idea where you are? No, he doesn't. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I took you back, maybe your father would give you a reward. No, 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 no. But why would you defend me? A wise, intelligent man like that give reward for a son that, that would be so dumb and foolish. And there's no way. There's no way to get my father, he's a kind and loving man. Oh, well then that explains why you ran away, doesn't it? Look, look, sit down there. Tell you what I'm going to do. Let me sleep in my feet. You can continue to work for me as long as you like. Maybe I'll even throw in a meal. Listen, don't mock me, okay? Was I laughing? What other options do you have? Oh, son of the great Judah Benin! Hold on, I I went back. If I went back, I could. I could. You, you could what? You could become his son again? No, but I could become a worker on his farm. I mean, the lowest of certain there would be, be better off than, than this. Hey, not to now. And honestly, you think your father would hire such an idiot? I won't know unless I try. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I can see how that's going to go. Your father, he's looking at the picture with him. He's looking at oh, off in the distance. Here, here comes his son walking down the road. And he runs out and he jumps off the front porch. And he runs out and he wraps his arms around him. And, and then your father, he called the servant and said, put on that finest robe. Put rings on his fingers. Go change around his neck. Shoes on his feet. And then, and then, tells another servant, go out to the field and kill the fatted calf because we're going to have a party. My lost son has come home. You know, that's what I would do with my idiot boy ever came walking through that door. <laughs> would you really? Not a chance. <laughs> Don't be so depressed. What's the worst that could happen to you? You could make that long journey. You could head home. It's daddy for job. You can say no. And then you find yourself starving and dying in the gutter. I, I know I wouldn't deserve anything you give me, but, but I have to try. Good idea. No, I'm, I'm going. I'm going home. You do that. And you tell them, Mr. Dick Farmer says how. You know, I'll remember this, Big Father. Yeah, she did. Well, Father, come here. Hey, hey, Matilda! Why are you hitting this, Father Matilda? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
I've been told. I don't know, but I've been told. Nancy Harding's pretty old. Nancy Harding's pretty old. Half off one, two. Sound off one, two. Half off three, four. Sound off three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now it came to pass in the days of Amazon, Snapchat, and Twitter that there were 10 campers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, actually, there were 11, 10 campers, and their fearless, trusty leader, the camp director. <laughs> shouted, Be prepared! And the camp director left, and there was a great sigh heard throughout the land. <laughs> and night fell, and the campers began to organize themselves into two groups to wait for the camp director's return. There were the wise campers, and the foolish campers. Be prepared! Chill out! <laughs> now the wise campers Be prepared! were sensible, thoughtful, and prudent. They had brought all the equipment they needed for a camp out. And most important of all, they had each remembered an extra supply of batteries. Be prepared, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared. Now the foolish campers Chill out. lived by a different code than the wise campers. They were, well, foolish. They hadn't thought to bring anything they might need for a camp out. All they wanted to do was play on their cell phones and eat junk food. Be prepared. And the most foolish thing of all was that none of the foolish campers had remembered to bring extra batteries. As the night grew darker, all the campers turned on their flashlights while they waited for the camp director to return. And they waited and waited and waited and waited. As the night grew darker, the campers grew tireder. And still the camp director didn't return. One by one, they fell asleep. And none of them remembered to turn off their flashlights. Till long after midnight, when the moon was high in the sky, someone shouted, Campers woke up and discovered that their flashlights had gone out. 
There was a flurry of activity as the wise campers quickly replaced the dead batteries in their flashlights. <laughs> now the foolish campers didn't have any extra batteries, so they begged the wise campers to share some of theirs with them. But the wise campers only told them, Be prepared! <laughs> now if the wise campers had shared some of their batteries with the foolish campers, then none of them would have been ready to meet the camp director. None of them would have been prepared to go on the camp out. So the wise campers told the foolish campers that they could buy extra batteries at the all-night stop throughout the group mark. Just buy one now. Hang left. Just two more blocks. So the foolish campers set off as fast as they could go. But while the foolish campers were gone, the camp director returned. The wise campers stood ready to meet the camp director. Be prepared! Okay, campers, well, let's go camping! Come on! And there was great excitement heard throughout the land as the wise campers happily followed the camp director to the best campout ever. Now, when the foolish campers returned, they discovered that they had missed the camp director, and they were really bummed. Aww, we're really bummed! <laughs> so what's the point of this little story? If you're not ever ready, you'll be left in the dark. loosely, from Matthew 25, where Jesus is talking about the end times, and he tells a parable related to that, so I'm going to read that to you right now. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will look like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, uh, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were, all, who, who were already there went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, please open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the hour or the day.
during this skit, we should pay very careful attention to the lawnmowers. Why, who and why is responsible for where they end up? And think to yourself, what could have changed the outcome for the mowers? And, and most importantly, most importantly, what does this say to us? What do lawnmowers have up to teach us? So sit back and enjoy the parable of lawnmowers. Once upon a time, there was a lawnmower sitting in front of a lawnmower sales and repair shop. Her name was Chopper. Now, she wasn't really a very old mower, maybe two years at the most, but she had obviously had some hard use. Her paint was chipped, her motor was dirty, and her blades were dull. She coughed and spat whenever her, whenever her engine was started. She sat out on the front lawn day after day with a sign on her that said, for sale, cheap, make us an offer. People would stop and look at the mower, but after circling her once, they would just shake their heads and walk away. The owner would even leave her out front overnight, hoping someone would steal her. <laughs> so he wouldn't have to junk her, but so far, no thief had been that hard up. Chopper learned not to get her hopes up when a car would stop and she soon resigned herself to spending the rest of her days on the front lawn of the store. One day, as she sat on the lawn, the owner of the shop pushed another mower out beside her. <laughs> and placed a sign on him which read, for sale, used, but in mint condition, $100. <laughs> now this mower was much older than Chopper, but you couldn't tell by looking at him. His paint was shiny and bright, and so was his engine. He kicked right over when his cord was pulled, and his engine ran smoothly and quietly, turning his razor-sharp blades. <laughs> For an old mower, he was in excellent condition. Okay, so you're the new mower in the shop, huh? My name's Chopper, what's yours? My name's Buzzy, I just moved in this morning. This morning? How did they get you cleaned up so soon? Oh, they didn't have to clean me up at all. The owner took one look at me and said, I think we can put him on display just the way he is. They sure didn't say that to me. They took two weeks overhauling me, and I still don't look like much. He said I was the sorriest looking two-year-old mower he had ever seen. How, how old are you? Uh, actually I'm 10 years old. 11 next month. 10 years old?
that's incredible. You look like you're in terrific shape. How did you do it? Well, I just took care of myself and did the things that lawnmower is supposed to do. Seems to have agreed pretty well with me. Well, that's what I did too. And look at me. I'm ready for the lawnmower retirement. He even talked about putting some orthopedic blades on me. Surely <laughs> you and I didn't do things that differently. Well, I don't know. Tell me a little bit about what you did. Oh, I just did the things most lawnmowers do. I'd go up and down stone driveways trying to chop the big rocks into little pebbles. You did what? <laughs> I'd chop up rocks. It's a blast. <laughs> you mean you've never done that before? Of course not. Well, why not? It's really a trip to get a big rock in your housing and hear it flying around until it chops up into little gravel. Look, lawnmowers aren't made to cut up rocks. We're made to cut grass. Cut grass? You mean like lawns and stuff? Yes. Does that have anything to do with why they call us lawnmowers? Yes. It has everything to do with why we're called lawnmowers. It's what we were designed to do. Besides, chopping up rocks is hard on your engine and tears up your plates. Oh, I don't care. It's such a feeling of power to pulverize a big rock. Chopper the rock reducer was what all the other mowers called me. There wasn't anyone on the block who didn't know who I was. Yeah, sure, but look at you now. Rock reducing has reduced you to a bucket of bolts. Yeah, I guess you're right. Is cutting grass pretty satisfying for you? Oh, man, it sure is. I mean, there's nothing like doing the job you were created to do. Every day I get a little bit better at cutting grass. Oh, and the fulfillment I get just can't be beat. I tell you... As long as I keep my spark plug clean and my oil changed, I should be cutting grass for another 10 years. Oil? What's oil? you've never heard of oil. Well, that kind of explains the way your engine sounds. Look, oil is a basic requirement of, of any lawnmower. Oh yeah, I think I saw that advertised in a magazine somewhere. You know, I've always been so busy with my rock producing that I haven't had time to read up on things like oil. Well, it's, it's a pretty basic requirement for the proper functioning of a lawnmower. I don't suppose you've ever heard of routine maintenance either, have you? No, I can't say that I have. Tell me, where did you learn all this stuff anyway? Well, look, when you were put together at the factory, didn't the manufacturer give you an operator's manual to tell you how to take care of yourself and how to work? You mean that one that said read and follow directions carefully? <laughs> I threw that away as soon as I got home. It had so many instructions and so much advice. I decided it was really going to cramp my style if I had to follow all those things. I wanted to be a famous, successful lawnmower best, most exciting way to do that is to chop up rocks. Well, that's too bad, because ignoring this manual was your biggest mistake. I'll tell you, there's something that only happens with, 
getting too happiness and fulfillment by following the directions and doing what the manufacturer intended you to do. He tells you what your job is, how to do your job, how to take care of yourself, and just basically how to be the best grass-cutting lawnmower you can be. Hey, look, my good condition isn't anything I can take credit for. It just followed the directions and did what the manual said. And, oh, here comes that customer again. Yes, sir, how can I help you this morning, please? Uh, yeah, how come you only want $100 for this guy? He looks brand new. Well, believe it or not, sir, this small mower is over 10 years old. The original owner kept such good care of it, followed instructions, maintenance, changed all the fluids. I mean, I hate to give it over that one, though, but he turned it in for a while over, and he just couldn't get a good part of it, so he wanted to turn it in. you can teach some of the newer mowers in the display room. Look, nobody knows how a mower should operate any better than the guy who made it. Scrap metal? I'm only two years old. I have plans for lots more fun and excitement in my life, and now I'm going to end up in a junkyard. If I had to do it all over again, I really would have paid more attention to that manufacturer's instruction manual. So there you saw the power of the Walmart.